guys, we've got our speaker this morning. A lot of you guys know him, um, Yago. Um, he is one of the guys that can pull off just having being known by one name. How many of you guys know Yago's last name? There's a few. Oh, it's up there, man. Everybody can get that one right. There's the answer. But uh, most people just know him as Yago, and uh, he's just an awesome brother. He's been part of Reload for many years here. So, uh, Yago, come on up and give us just a piece of heaven this morning. I know God's put a word in your heart to stir you up and to stir us up in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Pastor Tom. Ah, uh, some uh, really quick here. Um, I, I, every time I, 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 I preach here, I'm pretty sure I won't be asked back, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I have been. Uh, some, somebody asked uh, a little earlier, he's like, what do you got for us? I don't know where the guy is. And I said, well. I was like, hopefully a word of encouragement and hopefully a, a word of challenge, but definitely a, a kick in the stones. <laughs> Probably all three. <clears throat> uh, and uh, this message is, uh, it's not meant for the four walls. It's not meant for the four walls, man. Um, if you could throw that, that, that picture up, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, probably a bunch of people. That have been, I got a lot that I got to get through, and so um, we're going to be moving pretty quick. I want to shit, I really want to drive this, this home, because this, uh, to me, I, th I don't know if I've said it up here before, but this is, uh, this is not where the game is played. This, this building is not where the game is played. This meeting ain't where the game is played out in the chapel. is not where the game is played. The game is played out there. So this is not meant for the four walls. Everything in here should feel like you're in the locker room at a football game or basketball or whatever other girly sport you like. But I'm just saying <laughs> that, that in here, it needs to feel like a locker room. This is where we handle the X's and O's. This is where we handle the X's and O's because the game is out there. The world is being lost because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. There's lost and dying world out there. We need to take the gospel out to them right now. But Sunday really should feel like, like a <clears throat> pregame. Pregame, you know, the coach, Pastor Dwayne, is telling us, you know, what, what, what's going on out there. And we need to be hitting our, our book and making sure that we got our X's and O's and, 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 and for the territory that God has prepared us to go preach the gospel to. And we need to go reach them. We're supposed to be doing that. And then when we get out there, that's when the game starts. The game starts at, 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 at what? 10.31 a.m. Sunday, because 9.30 is when we're getting our X's and O's in line. Wednesday night, that's halftime. <laughs> Somebody pull a hamstring, twist an ankle, where, where, where you heard at? You know, what, what's going on? How, how's the game looking out there? Are we down? Because if we're down, we need to be not in denial about it. Don't be saying you're winning the game if you're losing. And don't even be saying that, you that you're losing the game if you ain't even playing. Get off the sidelines. Get in the game. And then, you know, get back out there. You know, get back out there. So, so a couple months ago, I was asked to come lead uh, a prayer vigil 
at a guy's house because he'd been killed in a tragic car accident. Dude named Ruger. Well, <clears throat> Ruger was a, um, a really, really, really good friend of a very close friend of mine named Billy. Billy was a biker. Billy had done a, a lot of stretches in, in and out of jail, in and out of prison. Uh, but I have known his, his family for 20 years. Um, great dude. Got baptized over in Muskegon. He got baptized over in Muskegon. Um, correctional. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I got a picture of it. It was awesome. Um, Billy was tattooed feet to head, too, man. Ran with some, uh, ran with some gangs. I mean, he got, he, you know, he was, he's a pretty tough dude, pretty legit dude. And, and the f funny thing about, about guys like that is they're pretty hardcore about any and everything they say. So when he was gangbanging, he was pretty hardcore about that. But when he said, I love Jesus, he was pretty hardcore about that, too. So Ruger and Billy <clears throat> got into an argument one night, fight like brothers do. Fight like brothers do, right? <laughs> right, Mark? <laughs> you get into it, and, and then you squash it. You know, you, I call Mark all kinds of names. Uh, sometimes I do call him Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But uh, so on this night, Billy and Ruger, not this night, months prior, they got into an argument. Alcohol was involved. Everybody's at the uh, parking lot uh, with their bikes. And uh, no blows were thrown, but it, it sounded like it, it got pretty close to that. Well, Billy left, and uh, probably about 20 minutes later, Billy's dead. He uh, accidentally smashed into a tree and was gone. And um, literally weeks prior to that, he was at our welcome home for prison ministry, and it was like, wow, he's not going to be at the next one. Oh, man, it's, it's terrible. So I was asked to come lead a prayer vigil there, and I went there, and um, and on my way over there, I was like, God, I just want, I just want to make sure that I'm going to do and say what you want me to do and say, because here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's where the rubber meets the road, because what's going to happen here is I'm going to be there, and everybody's going to know, okay, preacher's here, all right. But there, hopefully, I'm going to be in front of a whole bunch of people who don't know the Lord. No offense, guys. I really don't have a message for you. I don't have any concerns for you, because I know that when this day is done, when our hearts stop beating, I'm planning on seeing you guys up there. I don't know the same for them. So those are the ones that I want there. So uh, I get there, and, and people are coming in and stuff, and guys are rolling up. Some people are, are wasted. Some people are, you know, it's just all manners of, of every person that Jesus died for. That Jesus loves. And I was like, this is going to be cool. This is going to be cool. Now, when Billy's mom showed up, of course, and his wife, everybody's crying. All of us are crying. Everybody's tore up. 
but I can say to her with confidence that I know where he is. I know he's not here, but I know where he is. I've prayed with that man. I've, <laughs> it's a long story, but anyway. And then I got that picture of him uh, being baptized, and I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, so I was asked to lead uh, Billy's funeral, and I did that too. And I talked to our pre uh, prison ministry team, and I was like, look, I need, I need us to be in agreement here that I don't need any Christians showing up to this funeral. I need standing room only of drug addicts, drug dealers, prostitutes. I need them all. I need them all there. And I'm not labeling them as, as sinners. I'm just, I'm just saying I, these, these are the people that I need there. I got no judgment for anybody. I got enough skeletons in my own closet, I'm telling you. Um, so, yeah, um, at the funeral, at Billy's funeral, Ruger was there. And this dude was beside himself. Everybody was like, man, you know, him and, him and Billy knew each other for 20 years and have had this fight, this fallout, and then that was the last words he said to him, and, and Billy's gone. And he's, he's, he, he can't stop drinking, man. He's, he's like really, really bad, and pretty much everybody's kind of waiting to see when he's going to wrap his, his bike around a tree. And so during the funeral, I'll never forget it, Ruger's walking up and down the aisle, and he's just got his shades on, and he's just crying and stuff, and he's, he's trashed. I mean, a lot, some, some people were trashed. It's fine. And I went to him after the funeral, but by the, oh, by the way, during the funeral, of course I honored Billy's life. I honored his, his memory and all of that stuff. But if you knew Billy and you know where he is, you would know that more than likely he's going to hit me in my jaw if he was to be like, Yago, <laughs> had this huge party where all my friends were there and you didn't tell them about Jesus? <laughs> Y'all just sat around talking about my bike? Negative. So a lot of people got saved. A lot of people got saved. And I told them the truth about the scripture. I told them about the, the truth that the word says about them. I told them. I made sure I told them. What they do with it, that's not up to me. I made sure I told them. And I did talk to Ruger afterwards. I said, man, you know Billy loves you, man. And he was, he was just, just messed up and just kind of rejected it. But I don't know if he rejected it or he was just, he was just so tore up. Um, see, you, Mark, I, I forgive you for everything you done said about me, man, just in case. <laughs> I told you to be ready, man. Uh, so so uh, when Ruger... Uh, it was an accident. Somebody's vehicle, uh, I don't know, broke down or what on 131 a couple months ago, and, and Ruger clipped it, uh, and he didn't make it. It was thrown from his vehicle, and then somebody was like, hey, get the guy that, that was at Billy's funeral. Get him and see if and somebody was like, yeah, I know him, so they called me. And so right away, I was like, I was like sweet. I was like, Lord. Heading right into the lion's den. I'm heading right into the lion's den, and I need you to, to give me the word. So I called uh, 
Pastor Bernie, and he prayed with me over the phone, and I was like, I was like, again, I was like, I don't want a single Christian there, man. I want people that are hurting, that need the Lord. That, that I need people that believe a lie about the Lord. I need people that are mad at the Lord. I need people that are hurting and, and wounded in so many ways because I want them to know the truth about their Father in heaven. I wanted only those that needed to hear God loves them there. I wanted to talk to the lost. See, I have no real words for the saved. If you're saved, great. That's awesome. I'll see you upstairs. I ain't got nothing to say to you today. Um, and we were standing out in the freezing cold, too. It was freezing cold. And uh, they asked me to, to do, a, do a prayer and stuff. And, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. But I need you guys to know who I'm praying to. And I need you to know who the one I'm praying to, you need to know what he thinks about you. Um, see, there's, a, there's, a, there's people that believe a lie about Father God, and it's our fault because we refuse to bring the saving word of God to the lost. So this is what I wanted to share with them. There's a few things. I do have uh, some scriptures. I wanted them to know that they are a masterpiece. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite uh, scriptures. It's one it's one that uh, one of my teammates from the Conquerors, Mike Gruffin, speaks on it a lot. That God has determined that we are a masterpiece. It says in Ephesians two ten, for we are God's handiwork or masterpiece created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, <clears throat> I want you to know that there's a gift and a calling on a lot of the lives that we interact with every single day. And because they walk around with these blinders on because they haven't met the Father or experienced the Father, they're not going to walk out their purpose. It's our fault. The gospel says that we're supposed to preach the word to them. The, the word says that we're supposed to let people know what God thinks about them. If they don't know... And you're just waiting for them to come here? It's your fault. It's your fault. I, my gift is not for strength and power, although I'm on the Conquerors. I mean, everybody knows I'm one of the smallest guys on the team. Those dudes are massive. Benson is knocking on the door 300 pounds. So is Gruppin. We just got a new rookie, and he's 330 pounds. And he is a monster. These guys are big. My gift is for drawing. And in fact, Pastor Dwayne used to have one of my drawings hanging up on uh, his wall. And it was, it's called the Conquered Cross. And, and like I, some of these drawings that I do, I, I really do pray before I draw. I pray and pray and pray because I want it to come out right. And not only do I want it to come out right, I want God to be proud of it. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to push the kingdom some kind of way. I don't know how, but I want it to happen some kind of way. And like when I've spent that kind of time on a drawing and stuff, man, and I am proud of it, and it, and it is what I consider a masterpiece. I put my signature on it, and so I'm like, yeah, man, I, I did that. I did that, and it's awesome. I want to hang it up, and then, but that scripture, when I think about that, I'm like, God did this. You know, he, he did that to you. You know, he, he designed you in such a way that he was so proud of you that he put his signature on your soul. So I wanted them to know this. I wanted all of them to know this. This is the, this is the God that I'm praying to. Number two, God wants no one to suffer. The scripture, now I told, the, I told everybody, don't, please don't take my word for it. Don't take 
any pastor or minister's word for it. Find it in the scriptures. Find it in the scriptures. So it says, God wants that no one should suffer. 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord is slow in keeping his promise, is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone. So I wanted everybody to know that God is pleading with you to come to repentance. He's pleading with you. And this is not, somebody, I don't know who said it, but it was like when you point your finger, you got three pointing back at you and all that. I really don't focus a whole lot on somebody else's sin. I got enough of my own. So usually when I'm sharing God, I'm just letting you know what he did for me because of what I saw in me, because of what he showed me in me. So I'm like, hey, if this is for you, if you can relate to this, then guess what? Maybe you might want to make the same decision I made. I decided to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. It says that he is not, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Let's not skip this. Not only does he doesn't want anyone to suffer, the scripture said Jesus died for us all. John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. A couple people that decide to believe in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. You know, it doesn't say that. A few people that decide to believe in me. Nah, it says whoever. It says whoever believes in me. Whoever believes in me. I've been uh, rebuked a couple times on Facebook because of the way that I share God. And one person in particular, every time I do, I just can't wait for her to show up and write something condescending. And in, in reading uh, the scriptures this morning, I noticed something that the Pharisees and the Sadducees really don't talk to Jesus unless they're trying to correct him about something, right? It's like, oh, but actually, I'm like, wow, okay. So I posted something uh, this week, <clears throat> and it was about the, the, the time that I called out to God. The scripture says, if you it says you'll find him. It says, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. And so I remember hearing somebody try to correct somebody else when it was like this. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. This is about the day I found God. Well, actually, you didn't find God because I was like, well, the scripture says it does. This is what it says in the Bible. So we're all done here. Uh, But it says Jesus died for us all. Number four, Jesus loved or God loves us. Of course, everybody knows this one. John 3, 16, for he so loved the world that he gave his only son that a few people that decide to believe in him should not perish. That's not what it says? That's not what it says. Whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I needed everybody in here to know that. And we're, we're standing. I want you to understand. <laughs> I'm at some stranger's house. And we, there's, there's about this many people, probably a little bit more, standing in the freezing cold in the driveway. Beers in their hand, cigars, cigarettes, the whole, the whole gambit. I was like this. This is going to be fun. This is going to be cool. And it's the first time that I ever had people with beers like, hey, man, oh, that dude is preaching. Yeah, he's bringing it. I was like this. All right. Yeah. I was like, this is way better than doing this at church, man. This is, this is, this is a lively bunch. Number five, he is not intimidated by your past. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. 
Christ died for us. And I ask this question a lot. When's the last time you took a shower before you got in the tub? So why do you think you still got to get clean before you come to the church? It's ridiculous, man. I'm like, look, he loves you, man. He's not waiting for you. He's not waiting for you. He didn't wait for me. He came and got me. In the middle of my mess, he came and got me. He's coming to get you. And I let him know, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here for you, just so you know. And I told him, like, no offense to Rez or anything, but I was like, I was like, hey, guys, I was like, I'm not here because Rez sent me. I'm here because he sent me. He sent me here for you. Now, you guys are invited to Rez. Of course, I'd love to see you there. I'm responsible for the invitation. I'm supposed to make the invitation. I'm not responsible for the results. I'm here to make the invitation and introduce you to the one who created us all and tell you why he created you. Number six, the blood of Jesus covers all sin. Hebrews 9.12, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, they used to do those, those sacrifices, goats, calves, Old Testament. There's a sin, you know, this and that, make your house clean, that kind of thing. Slash the goat, take it to the, take it, make your, your offering, your burnt offers, all those things. This isn't about that. It says, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. Thus securing eternal, eternal redemption. So it's secure. It's something that's not going to slip out of God's hands. Your life, your soul is secure in the hands of God. You're not going to slip through his fingers. His blood paid for it. Once we repent and call on Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we are forgiven and made right with God. Mark 1.14, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I made sure everybody knew that I got no judgment for them. You, you decide to follow the Lord, that's up to you. But I am going to tell you what I had to do, you know. And it was nice. There, were, there was a couple funny parts about it because I saw some of the guys I used to sell drugs with. <laughs> and I, I didn't call them out by name. But I may have called him out or, anyway, we were in a group of people that know. I think y'all go talking about him. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you know. We did it together. And if God could pull me out of that mess, guess what? He could pull you out too. Don't think for a minute that God just loves me. How arrogant would that be anyway? Oh, yeah, yeah, God loves me and I'm chosen, so I'm going to heaven. Uh, you, not so much. No, I'm like, no, your life is, is, is important to him. His blood covers your sin, covers mine. Number seven, once we repent uh, and are forgiven and made right with God. Oh, yeah, okay, we did that one. See? Oh, yeah, another one. <clears throat> Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart 
one believes and, just, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I, I've had uh, somebody uh, once ask me about this whole thing, you know, about God, you know, hey, you know, pray a prayer. You know, all, all y'all evangelists always trying to lead people in a prayer. I don't see that in the Bible. I was like this, yeah. Well, how many times have you ever shared the gospel and had somebody say, I don't even know how to pray? If your answer is zero because you're not even sharing the gospel, then the conversation's kind of over from that point because apparently there's something you need to know. But I know that I've, that I've mentored uh, guys before, and then they finally get to a point where they think, like, they've been in this building for so long, they're like, I don't even, I, don't, I feel dumb asking that question. Well, even the disciples, they, they hung out with Jesus for three years. They asked Jesus, hey, well, how should we pray? Even they're asking that question. So your, your average 16-year-old that's coming in here is probably, his family's been here, he's probably, you know, he's been here for long, probably doesn't know, like, man, I'm going to feel real dumb if I say, hey, man, how, how, how do I pray? You don't know that already? Hold on, you don't know that already, man? You call yourself a Christian. Nah, man, how do I do it? How do I do it? Why do I do it? Well, the scripture says it right here. If you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Oh, man, I'll do it with you right now, man. If you, all right, man, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, repeat the prayer. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why that is. So just in case anybody got a beef with it, come talk to me. The passionate and desperate call for men to be men and save all of those who we con come in contact with. God's kids are his chief priority. Matthew 3.13 all right, here's a parable. <clears throat> Everybody's familiar with this, the sower and the seed. <sighs> then he told many things in, in these parables, saying, A farmer that sows his seed, as he, as he was scattering seed, he, okay, I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay, so he's sowing seed all over the place, and the seed is going to grow, and some of it's not going to grow. Some is going to fall into the ground just because I only got six minutes left. Okay, and so the, once, once the parable is, is heard and the disciples later come back to him, it's like, hey, can you explain that? And in 18, it says, Jesus explains it. He said, listen to what the parable of the sower means. 19, it says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that, was, that which was sown in his heart. This is the seed that's sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who has heard the word and once um, at, uh, heard the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, the last, uh, that lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes before, um, because of the world, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling onto good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who, pr who produces a crop yielding hundreds. Okay, so that's the person that you want to talk to, right? Okay, so, so here's how I get, get yelled at especially with prison ministry or even doing stuff like this where people are drinking and blah, 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 you busy, you know, you, you're sowing seed and this and that. Uh, okay, 
hey, guess what? For me to go and think like the people that, that have an issue with the way that I, that I give the word, they're like, man, you know, you don't even know if these people actually really got saved. You don't know if they did this, none of that. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't have to know. So anyway, I'm with the Conquerors International Strength Team, and it's probably our second time over in Cambodia. And we get off the plane, and we're super tired and this and that, but we always put on a game face. Like, everything's good, cool. So it, here we are at the, uh, at the airport, and there's this one uh, guy comes up. He's talking a mile a minute. And he's like, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 blah. Can't wait to get the bags. And we're right over here, we're right over here. Dude wants me to sit up front. I want to sit in the back of the van because I'm tired, and I just want to sleep. I'm so tired. And I know we're the conquerors. We're going to have a whole lot of events to do. I just want to go to sleep. Dude doesn't want me to go to sleep. He wants to talk to me. Oh. Sure, no problem, man. Hey, you want sit to up, sit up front, sit up front. So I sat up front, and this guy is just talking and talking, and he's sharing a bunch of stuff, sharing his whole life. And I'm like, cool, man, I really do like this. I like hearing people's story and their God journey and all of that. Anyway, it's like day number two, and they're like, hey, man, it was like, Yago, Yago, did you meet Pav? And I'm like, I met a lot of people, to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't know. He would have been the guy that, that picked you guys up at the airport. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that dude is full of energy. He can't stop talking. And it was like, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was so excited when he knew that the conquerors were coming, and he really wanted to, uh, to, to meet you and talk to you. Uh, because when you guys were here the first time, like six or seven years ago, you gave a word to his school, and he got saved. But when he got saved, he got out of a gang life. He rejected the gang life. And now he's one of our leaders. He teaches, he teaches uh, English for, for our, our, uh, our, min, our missionaries and this and that. And they just started telling me about how when he got saved, he took it to the next level. Okay, so what's the point of this and that? Well, it's very, very, very simple. I don't know who's going to get saved or who's going to run after God, but I do know that I have a responsibility to sow that seed. I'm not here to say who's, who's good ground and who's not. I don't know how many people that, I'm, that I was talking to out of 100 people because but, let it be known, when I led the, the, the prayer, I did offer a prayer of salvation, and we had about 100 people screaming out, how they wanted God to forgive them for their sins and ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Now, it's not up to me who's good ground and who's not, but it is up to me to make sure that I'm, that I'm sowing that seed. And you, you all have a territory that God has called you to. And it's not on you to decide, oh, I'm not even going to give the word to this person because they're going to reject it anyway. Because God, I don't know if God would do it, but he might ask you, who are you? Do what I told you to do. I know that I got three kids, and if, if two of my kids believed the lie out of me and the third one said, yeah, Dad, I was going to tell them that, that, that you love them, but yeah, they ain't going to listen anyway, I'd be like, hold on, I created them. Why will you not tell them how much I love them? Ah, this, this book here, you know, I, I, they not, they not, they're not interested in, in reading it. They don't understand it. Okay, so make it plain. So explain it. You know my heart? Well, then share my heart with them. That's what we're called to do. And if we're not doing it, we are failing. We are failing. Invite guys out here, man. Invite guys out here. There's some guys going through some horrible situations right now. And if you know you got the answer to those spiritual wounds and you don't share it with them, it's your fault. It's your fault. 
Every, every man in here is a leader created by God to do good works and, and that he's already prepared for us in advance. Are you doing them? Are you doing them? Like when you come in here, do you think this is where the game is played? Or so you come in here and you do the whole Christian thing. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. I'll pray for you right now, but I'm not going to pray for you if we're standing in the middle of a Myers. I'll pray for you right here, but I'm not going to pray with you if we're in the gym. I don't want to look weird to nobody. Because you are being judged. You are. If people know that you're a Christian and you won't pray for somebody, they'd be like, yeah, that's why I don't go to your church. That's why I don't go. Y'all pray for people there, but y'all don't pray for me. We can't wait for them to come to us. We can't. And if we do wait, then the only time they're going to be here is when there's another funeral. Can't wait. Can't wait. Forever is too long to suffer in hell just because somebody didn't tell you why God died for you. Why his son went on that cross. Man. I hope I get to come back, but <laughs> um, so maybe somebody needs to get fired up. I don't know. Maybe somebody needs to get fired up. Uh, so we're gonna pray, and uh, yeah, Lord God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mission. Thank you for all of those that said yes and asked you to be their Lord and Savior. If it was their first time, if it was their 100th time, Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to sow your word into the hearts of the hurting, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name to fire us up, to show us who we are to minister to and to give us the words to do so, Lord God. Lord, I just pray that in Jesus' name for every man in here, when he leaves here, that you show them the territory that they are equipped to take over. Take ownership, Lord God. Break these chains. Break these bondages. Destroy the hand of the evil one that is trying to pull those lost back down to hell, Lord God. But instead, instead, empower us to speak your truth into all of these situations and all of these hearts that they would know that they were created by you for great works, for great destiny, for great legendary status in your kingdom, Lord. That the residual effect of sharing the gospel would be a blessing to generations upon generations, Lord. And I thank you for a renewed spirit, Lord God. I thank you most of all for the sacrifice of your son on the cross for my sins, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And for everyone in here, Lord, I just thank you that in Jesus' name, you empower us, you inspire us, you send us out, you equip us. And we thank you for those that we minister to, that instead of hearing our words, that they hear your heart. And I thank you that in Jesus' name, these things shall come to pass because you said it so in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that I want to share with you guys that I let these guys know and at, and at any other funeral where I think that somebody needs to hear this, especially if they have a heart that's been hurt by the church or a heart that's been hurt by those that they, that they see as Christians. I said, please, please, please go by the word of God. Do not let uh, man's representation of Jesus chase you away from God. Instead, go to your father.
Speak to him because he loves you and he would love to talk to you. Thank you so much, guys.